There's this piece of advice that playwrights and screenwriters are always given, and I think it translates particularly well to the restaurant industry. It has to do with crafting an elevator pitch. Curious? Stick around. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who can see when shown, and those who will never see. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for everyone in the middle. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. Now, each week I choose a different topic. We explore that topic, we pick it apart. Hopefully by the end we come across some useful insights and then we always finish up with an assignment. I leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing the concepts that we talk about here on the show because I believe information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. Now, here in New York, as well as in LA, young writers always used to be told to prepare three different elevator pitches. And I remember getting this advice myself when I was just starting out, the assumption being that a writer is always working on something and you need to be able to talk about that project at the drop of a hat. So the scenario is always laid out like this. A young writer gets into an elevator and suddenly a big deal producer, someone like Scott Rudin or Jeffrey Seller or Jeffrey Katzenberg, they rush in just as the elevator doors are about to close and the writer is speechless. They're absolutely alone with one of the most powerful personalities in their industry, the kind of producer who could change the course of their career. The screenwriter is so surprised that he forgets to press a floor. The producer clicks the button for the floor they're heading to and then turns to the writer and asks, Hey, where are you headed? The answer to this question is always the same. The writer is supposed to forget whatever it is they were supposed to be doing and say they're going to the floor just above where the producer is going. Now, the writer has a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and he can't risk squandering it. So, he has to say something. He has to talk up the project he's been working on, but how? Well, that's why you've got the three pitches. Is the producer getting off at the second floor? the 22nd floor, or the 52nd floor. Young writers are told to have a pitch for each of them, a short one, a medium one, and a long one. And the beauty of this exercise is that it forces the writer to get absolutely clear about what they're working on. You can't be wishy-washy in this kind of situation. You need to be concise and articulate, and you need to pique the producer's interest, pull them in so that they want to learn more. So the desired result in this kind of meetup is always the same. The young writer needs to get the producer to say, that sounds really great. I'd love to read it sometime. And I think the same is true with restaurants. The opportunities we have to make an impression on potential diners are so fleeting, right? Especially these days as people are bombarded with ads on the TV, on on radio, on social media, on billboards. If you're fortunate enough to have gotten someone's attention, you can't squander that. You need to get crystal clear about what you're selling and who it's for, and you need both of those pieces. So to go back and use the elevator story as a further example of this, the who was the key to the whole thing, right? I mean, if anyone else had gotten on that elevator, like the UPS guy or a secretary or just some lawyer, who cares? They wouldn't have cared about the writer's idea. But Scott Rudin is a 
big deal, both on Broadway and in Hollywood, and he is always on the lookout for his next big project. He is the perfect audience for the screenwriter's pitch. The who was huge. Likewise, the what was equally as important. You have the right audience. This huge producer, now you need to deliver exactly the right product. And luckily, the writer has that product, the next screenplay, the one he's been developing. So as long as he pitches it the right way, he's going to make a meaningful impression. So you have to understand what it is you're selling, the product, the experience. You have to understand who it's for, and you have to be able to articulate the ways in which you differ from your competition. This is often referred to as the USP, the Unique Selling Proposition. It's a fancy term you learn when you study marketing in school, and all it refers to is how are you different from all the other guys. So Scott Rudin doesn't want to hear vague details about some family drama you're writing. He wants to know exactly what makes this one different, why the world needs to hear this story. He wants specifics, and more importantly, he wants reasons to say yes. Diners operate the exact same way. They don't need just another bar. They already have a bar they love. They don't need just another pizza place. They've chosen their favorite a long time ago. They don't want vague. They don't want just another. They will try something new, but just like Scott Rudin in the elevator, they need a reason to say yes. Yes, we'll go here instead of the place we already know. Yes, we'll go here even though it's out of the way. Yes, even though it's more expensive than what we're used to, it looks interesting. But you need to give them a reason to say yes. So, then let's figure out two things. First, how we put together an elevator pitch, and second, how we use that elevator pitch to attract new diners. That's the exercise this week. It's also going to be your assignment, and to help you out, I've created a cheat sheet that you can download. Um, on the first few pages, you'll see I've done this exercise for a bunch of different brands you probably already know. So you've got three different elevator pitches that highlight the unique qualities about those brands. You've got Buffalo Wild Wings, Carmine's Restaurant in New York City, Chez Panisse out in Berkeley, and Alinea in Chicago. Then the last page is a worksheet so you can do this exercise for your own restaurant. You can follow right along uh, with the episode here. Uh, to get that, go visit chipclose.com slash elevator. That's C-H-I-P-K-L-O-S-E dot com slash elevator elevator. That's where you're going to be able to download your own copy. And if you're driving right now, don't worry. Of course, I've included the link in the show notes. So like I said, when you go get that download, you'll see a bunch of different examples of this. But for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to go through the three different elevator pitches that I've created for Buffalo Wild Wings. Now, the short pitch. It's a sports bar made for wing lovers with dozens of different flavors, a ton of great beers on tap and wall to wall TVs. The medium pitch. Buffalo Wild Wings is a great American sports bar with a killer menu of pub favorites, including their authentic award-winning wings. They offer more than 20 different wing flavors, plus burgers, wraps, sandwiches, and more. And then finally, the long pitch. Buffalo Wild Wings, lovingly referred to as B-dubs by their fans, was founded in 1982 as a casual dining spot and sports bar. Since then, the company has grown to more than 1,000 locations in all 50 states. You'll find a full menu of burgers, fries, nachos, and other American pub favorites, but the real draw is their authentic Buffalo-style chicken wings. They offer more than 20 different sauces paired with an unparalleled lineup of craft beers both on tap and by the bottle. Wall-to-wall -wall TVs make it the perfect spot for sports lovers to watch the big game. 
And you know, as I think about it, actually, you can use these elevator pitches when you're courting investors. But we have other uses for them that we will get to later. Now, remember, the exercise today is really in two parts. First, to build these elevator pitches for your own restaurant, then to figure out how to use them to market your restaurants. So, right off the bat, what makes a good elevator pitch? I think three things. Clarity, efficiency, and passion. So clarity, you have to be specific and you have to be able to articulate the details of your restaurant. Efficiency, you gotta get right to the point. And passion, if you're not excited about what you're doing, then how can you expect that from anyone else? So keep those three things in mind as we go through this. Now, how exactly do we create this elevator pitch? Well, first, you have to answer these four questions. Number one, what kind of restaurant are you? What's the concept? Meaning, what kind of cuisine? Chinese, Italian, sushi, Mexican? Uh, what style of dining? Uh, meaning fine dining, casual what? Truly, I want you to answer those questions as simply as you can. What kind of restaurant are you? Number two, what audience are you serving? And I don't want, well, we mainly serve white dudes, you know, mid-30s looking for a place to watch the ball game. No. What I want you to think about is what brings people out to your restaurant. This restaurant is for wing lovers. This restaurant is for people who want an energetic place to watch the game. That kind of thing. Number three, how do you differentiate yourself from the competitors in your market? This is where we discuss the USP, right? The unique selling proposition. What makes you different or special? What are you the best at? We're the only place in Chicago that serves blank. We're the home of this award-winning cheesecake, five years running. Uh, we're the best at this or the best at that. Literally, what sets you apart from the other guys? Answer that and then go to number four, which is to highlight some key features that support everything you wrote down in numbers one, two, and three. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, Buffalo Wild Wings, right? They call themselves a reinvention of the great American sports bar. Great, perfect. So then what are some of the ways they support that claim? I guess number one would have to be the wings, right? Wings are a purely American invention, and that's lucky because it's also the answer to number three, right? They have a huge selection of sauces, so while other places might just have the classic hot wings or maybe one or two other flavors, they've got two dozen flavors. So wings is in the name, and it goes front and center in each of the elevator pitches. What else? Well, they also serve classic American pub food like burgers and nachos and fries. Um, they've got beers and tons of it, uh, plus big screen TVs everywhere you look showing sporting events all day long. So you're gonna nail down all those details and present them in a bite-sized, easy to understand elevator pitch. So you build this thing first by brainstorming answers to those four questions I laid out, and then you use those answers to actually write the pitch. And we're gonna do that in a minute, but hold on because I'm betting a lot of you out there are stuck. Why? I'm guessing a lot of you out there have never had to do an exercise like this and suddenly you're realizing that the elevator pitch is gonna be a little fuzzy. And really, I'm betting that's because your concept is a little fuzzy. So if you're in that boat, I'm gonna hazard a guess and say you're probably not alone. I'm sure there are tons of you out there who feel that way, so stop a second and breathe this, I promise, is a good thing. At least now you're identifying a problem. More than anything else, uh, this is actually the thing my clients have the most trouble with. Not the elevator pitch, but actually building a concept that's truly unique. Creating a restaurant that is different from everything else out there. Remember, 
People don't need another one of something they already have. Unless, unless geography is your differentiator. And I will explain. Buffalo Wild Wings was actually born to solve this geography problem. You see, the founders of the company, Scott Lowry and Jim Disbrow, found that there was nowhere to get buffalo wings outside of upstate New York. So they decided to open up a place of their own in Ohio. So their differentiator, at least early on, was that theirs was the only place where you could get authentic buffalo wings in Ohio. Now, in time, of course, that would change, and of course, the company would continue to change as well. Their unique selling proposition would shift, but in the beginning, it was simply geography. So I'll say, hey, we don't need just another Irish pub, but you could respond and say, well, actually, there is no good Irish pub in this neighborhood, so we're going to be the first or the only Irish pub within 20 miles. Okay. That actually works, and I don't think it should be the only feature you highlight, but I think it works as part of the story you're telling. Now, my point is, nine times out of ten, a restaurant fails or flounders because they haven't created enough separation. The owners have created just another Irish pub or just another Mexican restaurant, but I would challenge you to figure out what sets you apart. So maybe you're going to serve fajitas for the table, right? Now, my in-laws live uh, in the Chicago suburbs, and there are a bunch of Mexican restaurants all around them, and I can never remember which one is which, but there's one they took us to last year when we were visiting, and they do this thing. It's like fajitas for the table. They bring out this enormous sizzling platter that takes up most of the table, and it makes for such a display in the dining room. Was it the best fajitas I've ever had? I don't know. But it was dramatic, and it certainly made an impression. And now, that's how we differentiate that place from all the other Mexican places. Which place is that again? The one with the huge fajita platter, remember? Yep, I certainly do remember. So, of course, this episode is all about building three different elevator pitches, but the residual benefit is that you will be forced to address any fuzziness in your concept, any fuzziness in your business. Now, a few years back, I was working with a company here in New York to help them build out their social media pages. It was called FarmCut, uh, and they were in their very early stages when I came on as a six-month consultant. Uh, they were a catering company, uh, still are, in fact. Their food is delicious. Um, their messaging was always so clear, which made it a real joy to work with them. Their tagline was, comfort foods made from superfoods, and everything on their menu fit that bill. So they made chicken fingers, except they would use almond flour. Uh, They'd serve pumpkin pie, except they used all natural sugars, no refined white sugar. They would do peanut butter cups, except they'd use raw cacao and almond butter as the filling. Their elevator pitch was so clear because their concept was clear. So as you start doing this exercise, you may find yourself in the position of needing to address the business itself, the concept, the menu, and that is a good thing. Do not be afraid of that. A fuzzy concept is the number one culprit when it comes to restaurant failure. I swear to God, you have to take a stand. Now, we talked about this a while ago, but if you try to appeal to everyone, you really end up appealing to no one. Better instead to pick a side and build a loyal fan base of people who love exactly the thing you offer. So if I'm in the mood for Italian food, I'm not going to Buffalo Wild Wings. Why? Because that's not what they do. And the company is okay with that because they know exactly what it is they do well. And they also know that I'm not going to want Italian every single day. Eventually, I'm going to want to mix it up. When I'm in the mood for wings, they know their brand is going to cross my mind. And so that's where they play. For those people who want wings, come and get them. 
So there's the hill behind the hill, as they say, the, the lesson within the lesson. The key to curing a fuzzy concept is the same as curing a fuzzy elevator pitch. You go through those four steps, just like we talked about. Number one, define your concept. Get crystal clear on what kind of restaurant you are. Number two, identify your audience. Figure out exactly who wants the thing you've got. Number three, then, find what makes you remarkable. Identify that, what sets you apart. And then finally, number four, highlight details that help tell that whole story. Armed with all of those answers, we're then going to build the elevator pitch. Three of them, actually. Short, medium, and long. And remember, we'll use one if we're going up to the second floor, another for the 22nd floor, and the long one if we're heading all the way up to the penthouse on the 52nd floor. The first one is actually the hardest to write and the most important of the bunch, so we're actually going to tackle that one last. For the purposes of this exercise today, we're going to work backwards. For the long one, the elevator pitch for the 52nd floor, I want you to tell me the story of your restaurant. And I'm not talking a page here. It's just three or four sentences, but think narratively. Remember the one I shared just a minute ago for Buffalo Wild Wings, right? Buffalo Wild Wings, lovingly referred to as B-dubs by their fans, was founded in 1982 as a casual dining spot and sports bar. Since then, the company has grown to more than 1,000 locations in all 50 states. You'll find a menu full of burgers, fries, nachos, and other American pub favorites. But the real draw are their authentic Buffalo-style chicken wings. They offer more than 20 different sauces paired with an unparalleled lineup of craft beers on tap and by the bottle. Wall-to-wall -wall TVs make it a great spot for sports lovers to watch the big game. It takes the listener on a bit of a journey. So think about doing the same for your restaurant's long elevator pitch. For the medium one then, why not start with what you just wrote and just trim the fat? This one needs to be a more focused version of what you already said. So remember the medium one that I wrote went like this. Buffalo Wild Wings is the great American sports bar with a killer menu of pub favorites, including their authentic award-winning wings. They offer more than 20 different wing flavors, plus burgers, wraps, sandwiches, and more. So then finally, the short one needs to be just the most important details. And for this, you often only have time for the concept. So the answer to number one, and then a key differentiator, so number three, and then maybe one or two other details, and that's it. So remember the short pitch for uh, Buffalo Wild Wings was just one sentence. It's a sports bar made for wing lovers. That's the first half of the sentence, and we get the concept and the key differentiator right up front. Then the second half highlights some of the other important details with dozens of different flavors, a ton of great beers on tap, and wall-to-wall -wall TVs. Again, the short pitch is the hardest one to write, but it's also the most important of the bunch. It's important because it needs to get right to the heart of what your brand is all about, and it needs to communicate that quickly to a listener, or in our case, a hungry diner. Great. So then you finish the elevator pitches, right? What now? Well, the second piece to the episode is crucial because who cares if you figured it all out on paper in your office, big whoop. The key now is to use that as a document to affect change in your business. So this exercise is about getting clear on what your restaurant is all about, what it's serving, who it's for, and how you're different from your competitors. So how exactly do we use these pitches? Well, right off the bat, we can certainly use some of the copy as the foundation for press releases we may write. But other than that, these elevator pitches should really be considered internal documents, right? You've identified the key details about your business, and now you know what to promote. So in the case of Buffalo Wild Wings, we've identified that they're a sports bar. 
So they'll want to prominently feature probably the interiors to show off all the TVs, right? Just imagine watching the big game here. We'll also want to promote the fact that we have a variety of different sauces from tangy to sweet to spicy and more. We'll want to show off how broad the rest of our menu is, including our changing list of craft beers. So doing the elevator pitch just helps us get clear on who we are as a brand. Once you're clear on that, you'll be better able to speak to your audience. You'll have a better idea of what to highlight and what to ignore, all because you know what your guests care about. You'll then know what kind of website you need, what kind of style it should be, what pictures to feature, and this will inform the approach you take then on social media and e-blasts and on and on and on. A successful marketing plan hinges on your ability to effectively communicate key details about your brand to your audience. Again, let me repeat that. A successful marketing plan hinges on your ability to effectively communicate key details about your brand to your audience. Again, I'm going to remind you there's a cheat sheet that goes along with this week's episode. You'll find a long, medium, and short pitch for four different brands. We already discussed Buffalo Wild Wings today on the show, but I think you'll find the others really helpful as well. The last page of that document walks you through this little exercise so that you can build your own elevator pitches for your own restaurant. And of course, like I said at the beginning, that is also your assignment this week. I want to thank you, as I always do, for tuning in. Uh, I've heard from a bunch of you these past few weeks, and identity seems to be the common theme that keeps popping up. I think a lot of you are struggling to articulate your brand identity. This episode is really meant to help guide you towards some answers, and I'm hoping it helps many of you get unstuck. One final piece of uh, news this week. Uh, I've actually redesigned my website, and I'd love for you guys to go take a look. Uh, I'm going to open up to more clients actually in March, and so if there's something I can help you with, uh, obviously please get in touch. Uh, You'll see in the upper right-hand corner of the site, there's a button that says, Tell Me Something. Click that and do just what it says. Tell me something about what you're struggling with. Uh, Otherwise, just take a peek, see uh, everything I'm up to, everything I've been uh, been doing these last few months. Um, I look forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, In the meantime, have a great week. I will be back next Monday to talk all about the tools, software, and resources I love. Until then, I will see you later.